the fuck is up, world? Piali Tlaltik Pak. We back in this bitch. Another motherfucking El Grito podcast for that ass boy and girl and non-binary others. Whatever the fuck, even aliens who are listening to this and don't ascribe to the human sexual identification fucking charts that we've laid out for us. Whoever the fuck is listening to this, whenever the fuck you're listening to this, past, present, or future, I don't give a fuck. What's good, dog? It's good to see you again. It's been a long motherfucking time since I've done a podcast. And believe you me when I say that me personally, I hope that you all miss this as much as I did. It's been about almost two fucking months now, bro, since my last podcast. And you might be asking yourself like, yo, what the fuck? For those of you who listen along to the podcast and have been following since day one, you'll know this is without a doubt the longest break in between podcast episodes that I've ever fucking had. And it's not without reason. Uh, Before we get into the reasons, because it's going to be the gist of the podcast for today. Let's just uh, square some shit away quickly. The most important of which being social media, OG underscore ice nice 13 on the gram. You can find us something along the lines on Twitter, Facebook, uh, and even YouTube for those of you who want to watch the extended clips of this podcast, right? But for the by and far, the largest presence that I have is no doubtedly on the gram. So if you want to follow along, if you're tuning in and you're just finding this through the podcast apps, um, please feel free, uh, do me a fucking solid and follow your boy on the gram and we can continue this journey outside of the podcast space. Now, with that in mind, I will qualify it for those who have come along for the philosophy component of the podcast. Now, I'm not saying that there's not going to be philosophy on here. I've already spoken at length multiple times explaining that just because it's not detailed in a specific topic in philosophy doesn't mean that it's removed from philosophy. Nah, dog. The entire fucking setup of this podcast is philosophy. The entire way I live my life and chances are the way you live yours too is philosophic, right? And at the very least, rhetoric, all right? So um, rhetorical, I should say. What's wrong with me? I don't know. Maybe even philosophical, but honestly, who cares? My words ain't working because I ain't been talking much, dog. Obviously, as the lack of podcast should lead you to believe. Don't get there, though. Just got to exercise them out, right? My boy, David Goggins here. I got to dust off this bad boy and get back to it. Just recognize that, you know, like everything in life, it's all about the reps that we put in to get better at it, right? So um, what I'm trying to say is that unlike the last podcast that I left you all with that was about Heidegger, that was straight up fucking philosophy from top to bottom, right? But this one's going to be more of a throwback episode of El Grito podcast in the sense that it's going to be detailing more of the own personal thoughts that I have had in the time that it's been since I've last podcasted, which there have been plenty. For those of you who have been following along, who have been following along, along on the gram, you'll know full well that the majority of my time, like the majority of most of our times here, uh, living in 2020 United States of America, Western Christian time, is occupied with basically the downfall of the United States of America, right? The collapse of the American empire, at least, you know, not to sound hyperbolic, but that's certainly what the fuck it feels like with everything that's been happening since the last time that I brought you a podcast. Now, before I get into that one component of it, I do want to take an even further step back and get into a little bit more of some more fundamental roots of El Grito podcast, which obviously is influenced by hood philosophy. I've mentioned many of times on the gram, certainly, but also here on the podcast, that hood philosophy ultimately, above all, 
is the philosophy of recovery. It's concerned with helping individuals recover our existence, to reclaim our existence from the alienating forces of society that are stripping away at our lived experience on a daily basis. I'm actually in the process right now of getting some more uh, critical theoretical insight into how this works, as you can see, for those of you following along on the video component through this book that I'm pointing to. For those of you who aren't watching on the video component, just about, uh, audio only, it's One Dimensional Man by Herbert Marcuse. It's a fucking classic book. It was written in the 60s, but it's even more, in my opinion, relevant today now than ever. And so when I speak of these external forces that are seeking to, uh, are seeking rather to, you know, alienate us from our lived experience in life, for the Marcusean sense, it's going to come in the form of technology, but also in the form of the quote unquote traps, if you will, that have been laid out in society, the societal traps, if you will. And I don't mean it in this particular sense, exclusively in the Joe Rogan-esque form that has uh, been made famous by that video that, you know, somebody pieced together up on the, on YouTube. Uh, by splicing together one of his comments, speaking about the different traps of society, right? Uh, it's got something to do with that, namely in the working nine to five bullshit, but it's more importantly set up with the traps that are, you know, set in place by people like you and I, I'm assuming that it's listening to this podcast who fucking grew up in the hood. Like for sure, dog, I grew up in the hood and that's going to be the second part of the fucking podcast we get to here shortly, right? Well, the second part of the introduction leading up to the podcast, I got a lot to talk about. It's been a long time since I podcasted. Um... Yeah, dog, I grew up in the motherfucking hood, bro. And uh, there's traps that are laid for people like myself. And again, chances are maybe even you if you're listening to this. And if you aren't from the hood, listen to what I'm saying and take it into account. Like there realistically are traps that are built into growing up in that in that certain environment. And um, in that respect, the hood philosophy in and of itself and by extension, the podcast is dictated, is, is directed rather towards helping individuals who have grown up or who are growing up in that environment recover our existence from those fucking traps, the traps of poverty, the traps of fucking single parent households, the trap of the trap of broken households, the trap of growing up with alcoholic and drug addicted parents who are, you know, using those chemicals in a way to try to escape the reality of growing up in poverty in the hood in a single parent, mainly mother household like myself. You know what I'm saying? The poverty, the uh, not just the poverty, but yeah, I'm not speaking just financial, but maybe even the, the, the poverty in terms of attention, the lack thereof, namely that children who turn into adults of alcoholic and drug abused parents, right, uh, are not received, but that we don't receive growing up and how that leads to us having these faults in our character that lead us in turn to develop these further addictions, if you will, that although we believe are going to uh, have you know, uh, sufficed in order to help bring us happiness. As we get older, we start to realize that these fucking coping mechanisms, essentially, there aren't really good coping mechanisms, right? And so uh, realistically, what they do is introduce nothing more than a more fucking suffering into our lives. And thus the whole purpose of hood philosophy then is to address those and learn better ways kind of, you know, to try to overcome them in, in hopes of living actually happy lives, right? Um. So yeah, that's kind of where we get to the first part of this podcast, the introduction as to why I haven't fucking done so in a long time is because whether you can tell or not, for those of you who are watching along on the video component, for those of you who aren't, I am no longer in the same place as I was when I, not even like, not even not, mentally and physically, but right now, physically, I am definitely not in the same place that I was just a fucking month and a half ago. The last time I brought you a podcast, I fucking moved up out the hood, bro. Finally, I'm not saying this to gloat. I'm not saying this to brag, right? I'm just saying it is what it is, bro. 33, about to be 34 years old and finally had to fucking 
connection make that it's time for me to move out of the hood? And as you can tell, obviously, again, for those of you who are watching the video component, that's why I have not fucking uh, podcasted, which started tripping me out. This is where we're going to get into the recovery element of it, because when I was growing up, the poverty that we grew up in, dog, in a single parent, namely mother household, dictated that we fucking moved all the time, bro. We moved all the time, whether because we got evicted, whether because we could no longer afford to pay the rent, whether for whatever fucking reason, we were just constantly moving. I never lived at the same house for over a year when I was a kid. I never lived in the same apartment for over a year after, you know, when I was a kid, after my stepdad and my mother broke up, which will be a story for some other fucking day, right? So we'll say around sixth grade. After that, all the way through, even me growing through fucking the military, dog, up until 22 years old. And even after 22 years old, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't until we got I got my last house that that was kind of a little bit more permanence. You know what I'm saying? But even then, that house was still in and of itself in the fucking hood, bro. Because the hood, I realized, was so deeply ingrained in me that it didn't matter how far I fucking had left and how far I had come back and how far I have advanced even in life according to societal standards. The hood was still very much deeply ingrained in me. So what I'm speaking here is like I moved to San Francisco and then I moved to Austin and then I came back to El Paso. And despite the fact that I had lived in two amazing cities, I still fucking could not escape the hood in the sense that not only were my actions and my beliefs and my attitudes informed by the environment that I grew up in, but also literally when I moved back, the first place I came to was the fucking hood. So yeah, I had a house there, but uh, it was in the fucking, in, 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 my, my spot wasn't the roughest spot, right? But just around the way, it was pretty fucking rough, man. And uh, to me, that's always been normal. So I didn't really recognize it for what it was until I started going through this process of recovery, not just through hood philosophy, but you know, just in life in general. And you start to realize, well, dog, this shit is not normal, bro. It's not really normal to be moving around every fucking six months, every year. It's not normal to be fucking, you know, to be uh, uh, um, to, to, to be able to to recover so quickly, if you will, from a move. That's kind of what fucked me up is I was thinking back to it when I was uh, a, a child, how easy I adapted to moving. It's like one day to the next. Right. It was just like, OK, this is the new normal. Like, nah, dog, it's not necessarily the most normal thing. In fact, settling back into this new crib has been one of the most difficult aspects of getting into a podcast because you know everything was already set up at my old spot in such a way where it was automatic. I come in here, I turn the camera on, I turn the recorder on and boom, we're ready to rock and roll because that's how it was. But you know, you fast forward to a year and a half later after I started the podcast in the new spot and the fucking it's just it's settling back in essentially, right? So in that respect, I took it as a positive that I hadn't podcasted. I, I I was really negative on myself in the beginning. I was like, fuck, I got to get back on it. But the, the, the rhythm wasn't there. And I was kind of upset at myself that it wasn't coming back as quickly as I anticipated. But then I was sitting with myself and being a little bit, trying to be a little bit more kind with myself. And I said, okay, well, this is a good thing because it's indicative of the fact that you've made at least a little bit of a progress in the sense that now, you know, complete sudden abrupt changes in your life are exactly what you've been told your entire life they're supposed to be, namely these fucking events that, you know, uh, that, uh, that jar us, if you will, and that take moments to, uh, 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 to, to re recalibrate, if you will. Unlike before in the past where your whole life could be violently upheaved, whether it be because of a move or whether it be because of, you know, having to deal with a violent parent, an alcoholic parent, a drug, a drug addicted parent, or people in your neighborhood who are suffering from the same and, you know, they do something in your life that causes that shit to fucking flip on its head from one second to the next. But your coping mechanism has been the such that, well, you just got to adjust and overcome because it's all about survival at this point, right? And you carry that 
tendency towards just survival at any cost with you, despite the fact that, again, as in my case, you've moved far beyond it, but you seem to have never been able to escape it, right? So that's kind of the gist about why it's partly taken me so long to get back onto this podcast game. And, you know, tied into that is also the element of recovery. But the second part, of course, is going to have to do everything with the fucking collapse of the American fucking society, bro. At least, again, the perceived collapse thereof. And that is everything that's happened essentially since the fucking George Floyd tragedy, because that shit went down about a week after I moved into my crib. So I was hoping to be able to bounce back and, you know, jump into the podcast game. But between those two things, man, in all honesty, I've been vibing very fucking low. Like, I've just been vibing low as fuck. And... um not only have I not felt compelled to podcast, but in a way, I almost feel as though I didn't have anything to fucking say because, you know, my focus, my attention and my direction was being pulled in multiple directions in the one direction. You know, again, I'm not saying this to gloat and I'm thankful. Just I'm trying to be as fucking humble about this as possible. I'm not trying to gloat. I'm not trying to nothing. I'm just simply telling you what's happening in my life. OK, uh, I'm thankful for the fact that I was even able to do so. But, you know, between the, the the move, the stress of the move, and then just the overall fucking aura of living in this fucking collapse times, my attitude and I was being pulled in all these different directions where creativity just kind of was on the back burner, right? It was a matter of trying to make sense of not only the things happening in my life, but the things that are happening all around the world and just try to fucking resituate, recenter myself. You know what I'm saying? Which is kind of where I am fortunately at this point now, obviously, which is why I'm bringing you the podcast. Um, and initially, I honestly thought about doing a uh, 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 an episode on the George Floyd tragedy. But honestly, man, at this point, I don't think there's anything that I'm going to add that hasn't already been addressed. And if we're being even more fucking honest with one another, I'm fucking burnt out on a George Floyd conversation, bro, for reals. I don't mean that to be fucking rude or disrespectful, but I'm just saying there's been so much bullshit from both fucking sides dog the left and the right even in the fucking center when it comes to this that at this point i just feel so overwhelmed with it all the fact that for instance just saying that i'm burnt out on the george floyd tragedy is going to cause some people to say if they were to hear this oh my god what an anti-black thing to say that you're tired sorry that the death of you know unarmed innocent black people is such an inconvenience to you like no, dude. And th that those kind of reactions are exactly why I'm so fucking burnt out on it. The fucking need to constantly be defending yourself and your actions because they don't uphold to this impossible standard that have been put into place by these fucking fake, woke, progressive, liberal fuckheads, right? And then you have it on the other hand of the spectrum, the fucking conservative end, where I'm just so fucking tired of people. They're trying to defend this broken system. Dog, this country is broken. It's there it was it's not even broken. Let's let's be real honest with one another. This country was built fucked up and it's unraveling. It's being dismantled for better, okay? We have this bullshit ass idea that just because shit is changing that it's going to lead to a ca catastrophic uh, catastrophic rather results. Like, nah, dog. That's the fucking slippery slope fallacy. We can't let it dictate our lives just because as fucked up as this country that we've been living in is comfortable right? Or rather as fucked up as it is that it's comfortable. Like, yeah, dog, we might be comfortable, but comfort should never be a good excuse for why we should continue to live in a situation that is clearly not bringing any sort of joy or happiness to hundreds of millions of people and perhaps even billions around the world, right? So yeah, it's fucking being dismantled and is, you know, I understand that it's the, 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 the tendency of the conservative crowd, it's, hence the name conservative, it's in the root, conserve, 
I understand their desire to conserve the status quo, right? But at the same time, I'm just tired of them fucking trying to defend it. Like, dog, this shit is clearly fucked up. There's clearly fucking systemic injustices that need to be fucking addressed. There's clearly restorative justice that needs to be taken into account for. And why are you trying to fight the progress? Like, it's the old saying that goes, the fates lead those uh, who go willingly and those who go whatever the fuck, something that, you know, unwillingly, it drags them. It drags those who go unwillingly, right? That's the basic gist. This is, we're in a state of constant flux, bro. There is no fucking permanence. So in that respect, I'm just burnt out from the conservative side and trying to deal with them and trying to deal with their bullshit, whether it's confrontation, me confronting them them confronting me or just reading their rhetoric it's just tiresome you know what i'm saying so in that respect that's why i was like oh man i'm not gonna come up here and offer another fucking i just can't i said i wasn't going to but i've been doing it for about three minutes now so we're gonna move on beyond this right i promise you the basic gist that i'm trying to make is that fucking it's we're living in some strange ass times and i didn't want my fucking first podcast podcast back to be something that's just going to be rehashing ideas that undoubtedly many of us have already fucking feel at this point overwhelmed with, right? And that's kind of a, one of the reasons why I wanted to dig back into this Marcuse book because that's, that's kind of one, that's one of the conception of the one-dimensional man is this idea that since we live in, you know, just a, a predetermined society that there's really only one side that we get. So it's kind of impossible in this sense to uh, uh, imagine, if you will, different worlds, right? But there's still hope for me personally. The hope comes from looking to the past towards my ancestors, right? To imagine new futures. And that's kind of where I wanted this particular podcast to be. Not only just a quick rundown, if you will, some of the thoughts that I've had in the time that I have been feeling a little bit more creative, but just this fucking ideas of difference, right? Because again, burnt out with the fucking, with everything that's been happening in the fall of the collapse of the, uh, of the American empire, right? So I guess with that in mind, we'll get to the first one. And that is the idea that I've been having of hate. Now, uh, I, I told you about five minutes ago that part of the reason why I hadn't podcasted in such a long time is because I've been vibing very low. And honestly, I think a better way to explain vibing low would be that I've been vibing on a frequency that's a low... It's, it's a, I've been vibing on a low frequency, yeah, but it's not something that should be avoided. It's not something that can be avoided, right? Um, in fact, I'm not even going to go on a limb and say that it's a bad frequency to begin with, okay? It's just, if you will, more so a shadow frequency to use the fucking new age hipster language, right? It's a part of me... It's a part of you, but me personally, all of us, in this sense, me specifically, that exists that many of us try to avoid because for whatever reason, we've been told it's not a good element to integrate, or maybe we've never even been educated on the proper ways of how a shadow works and the integration thereof, right? But uh, one of the things I've been tripping on is how you know it gets confused, this shadow work, if you will, with love and light work, okay? And uh, what I mean by that is that I mean, I've already addressed it briefly on a previous podcast talking about the toxic positivity, right? But um, when it comes to this love and light shit, the way that I see it is it's not necessarily meant to be this fucking... It's not like I'm becoming more enlightened. I hate to give the idea. I, that's how I feel personally. And when I hear others talk about it, I, I, I get the same gist. Like, nah, dog, calm down, bro. You're not that fucking enlightened guru that you're trying to make yourself out to be. And you know, especially for me, if anything, the light work is realistically doing nothing more than shedding light, if you will, on the darkness, which there's many of on in me for sure. Like I can openly admit to you, I got a lot of dark in me, bro. Um, I'm, I'm very silly, uh, uh, you know, uh, through the podcast and, you know, in person, even I'm pretty jovial in general, 
but in all, in all honesty, dog, there's a lot of darkness. You know what I'm saying? From just the fucking fact of being a human being, a male, no less. Um, but also from growing up the way that I grew up, as we already talked about a little bit. There's a lot of darkness in my life, right? And uh, what I've been thinking about is that is how hilarious is it that these so-called light workers they like to maintain this facade, if you will, of complete peace at all times. And that shit, it's just, it's just not real, dog. It's not, it's not sustainable. And um, that's kind of uh, circling back to this whole collapse that we're finding ourselves in. I'm starting to find it in some way in a, in a way counterproductive, if you will, to the progress that we're attempting to make because it diminishes, if you will, the impact of the, you know, everything that it is that we're currently experiencing. You'll have people that would say it's all a good thing, like I kind of did earlier. But at the same time, you know, you got to ask yourself, like, damn. Is it really a good thing, all this fucking positive twist on things? Or is it maybe that we are, in fact, collapsing into fucking darkness? Like, the darkness from this, in this particular sense, speaking from the collective human consciousness, right? This collective consciousness, a darkness, a shadow that exists within the, 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 the collective human consciousness, right? Uh, and the idea to just continue to mask it with positivity, it's nothing more than a deflection of this darkness, bro. And for me, again, at least this light work, it's, you know, the little bit of love that does shine through. It's it's more of anything. It's showing what's possible and the elements of not only myself, but of the society that we're living in. If only we're able to integrate it, man. Again, this is kind of circling back to this Marcuse book. I'll, do, I'll, I'll delve deeper into it in the next podcast for sure. Right. But the basic gist here is, you know, when it comes to hatred, like I've been, that's how I've been feeling, dog. I've just, when I say I've been vibing low, that's what I've been feeling. I've been hating. Just anger and hatred is all I fucking felt for the last two or three weeks already. And um, when I was younger, I guess there was I would always feel bad for feeling that way. Like, fuck, why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just be positive? Why can't I just not be angry? Why can't I just not be hate-filled? Why can't I fucking, you know, just be quote-unquote normal, if you will? But now I'm starting to realize like, nah, dog, the more light that enters into your life, my life here in this particular sense, the more darkness is revealed, right? There's that great Red Hot Chili Pepper song. Do you want this love of mine? The darkness helps us all to shine. Um, the dark necessities, right? And that's kind of what's happening here. The darkness, in this case, the light is shedding light on all the darkness, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It exists like in this weird dialect, if you will, where the, the light sheds light on the darkness, but the darkness itself recedes into the light. And in this particular sense, um, sometimes the light is cast by hatred. Like you, you shed light on it by through hatred and anger and frustration and overall just discontent with the quality of life that we're all experiencing, not just on an individual level, but collectively as well. Right. So in this particular sense, right, we start to realize how anger and hatred is the biggest thing that's, you know, for me personally, it's holding me back. And honestly, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm ever going to let it go. In this, at least not in this lifetime. I might reincarnate in, this, in the next lifetime and be just a little bit more, just a little bit more less angry and just a little bit less frustrated, right? Why you got to make things so complicated? I just said that because it rhymed with frustrated. I apologize. But the point here is that, you know, I can try to integrate it all that I can. But the reality is that this darkness, it's just, you know, as much love and light work that we shine upon it, it's slowly revealing itself for how truly massive it really is. But again, it's not just me and it's not just you individually. It's all of society as a whole. So in that respect, although, again, I'll circle it back, take it, circle it back rather. 
I was vibing low. The reality is that through that hatred, the light that shone through that hatred revealed to me perhaps a little bit of much needed positivity in light of all the fucking bullshit that's just going on right now, bro. Namely in the sense that, yeah, it's fucked up. The George Floyd tragedy, it's sad. You know, the ensuing riots that came to place after that, that shit sad as fuck too. Everything, the whole situation is just low vibing events. But it's through these low vibing events that new and better imaginative or creative worlds are imagined. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like that now what uh, concept of Tlazoteotl, right? The idea of this filth goddess. She's, she's filtering all the quote unquote filth of reality and giving birth to a more well-ordered reality. So from there is where I started to get a little bit of the more half uh, high vibes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the more high vibes in this sense, namely those necessary to uh, uh, to 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 actually sit down and podcast, but then even then, those fucking high vibes were kind of shit on by the people who are still so. I don't want to say shit on. I'm not even gonna focus on the negative, bro. What I'm trying to say is that how this can be misconstrued, and it could be misconstrued in the sense that given the the times that we're living in, it seems almost selfish to be concerned with anything. At least that's how we would. That's what they would have us believe. That doesn't involve the current Black Lives Matter movement. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I don't think it's the case that not wanting to concern oneself with the current trends, if you will, are is indicative of any sort of fault in one's character. In fact, if anything, I would say it's perhaps a little bit more the spirit of a, this is, I don't want to say, this is me showing my own personal preference, okay? But a detached character. I'll go with the word detached, right? It's detached in the sense that Again, I'm going to qualify this by saying I'm not trying to minimize the death of George Floyd. But the reality is that, in the words of J. Cole, to further qualify it, someday everybody's got to die. Everybody's going to die, man. And what makes me sad, and I'm sure what's collectively making many other people sad as well, is the fact that it just so seems that it tends to be black and brown people that die at the hands of police, which is fucked up. And it should absolutely be addressed, no doubt. But honestly, I think what is realistically underpinning the, even more of that is the anger and the sadness that comes of realizing that everybody's got to die. No matter what we do, no matter what laws we write, it's not going to stop the fact that we're going to die. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't change the system. Obviously, I've already fucking qualified that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't change the laws. I'm just saying that beneath all of that action, beneath all of that you know, desire to do so, still remains that uncomfortable reality that no matter what we do, we are going to fucking die. You know what I'm saying? And uh, in that respect, when it comes to the death and dying, I understand how it would be the desire to try to change it, to try to control it and give ourselves the illusion of normalcy in order to you know, rid ourselves, if you will, of the realization that we are going to die. But I think one of the things that I'm most afraid of right now in, 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 in response to this is the reaction of many people. Namely, in the sense that despite the fact that we've been speaking for fucking so long about the evil ways that this Western colonial European system has fucking, you know, just fucked up people's lives. I don't I don't see anything changing. I don't really see anything changing other than the skin color, if you will, of the people in positions of power. And that honestly is why I'm just so detached from it at this point. That's the second reason why. The first reason is why, like, dog, I, I mean, it sucks. Yeah, I get it. But 
I, honestly, me personally, at least, I can't ever escape the fact that I know me personally, I'm going to die. I think about it all the time. So I, it's kind of my litmus test for all other concerns in life, right? Like, do I, there's only so much energy that I have to give to a day. And so much of it already is directed towards the thought of my inevitable death, right? Not, I've already come to peace with it. So anything else that happens on this earth is kind of just like, what do you want me to do, dog? I can only tend to my garden. You know what I'm saying? I can tend only to my garden and change what the things that I can change. Um, as far as systemic injustices are concerned, there's not much I can do other than teach about it and podcast about it. You know what I'm saying? And you know, to not discuss it is not in any way indicative of any sort of not being down with the hood or any sort of anti what the fuck ever. So much as it is that just detached fucking. Uh, uh, nature of my existence, because again, I realize the realization that I'm just, I'm gonna fucking die, and it's not gonna matter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the second way that this is gonna come to bear is when we start to realize how, through this fucking inevitable discourse with death, if you will, things start to, at least in my in my in this particular sense, reveal themselves for how truly important they really are. And honestly, one thing that I don't personally find important is trying to control other people, which gets us back to the whole point of the failures of colonialism. I see so many people right now who are running around chastising the, the for sure, evils of colonialism only to fucking turn around and repeat the same issues. And it's just like, dude, this desire for control, it's inherently, in, it's inherently linked into the human condition. And I personally don't see any difference between the wrong and the wrong, right? They're going to say shit like it's not possible to be a person of color and be racist, to which I'll just say bullshit because that same attitude, let's just assume we'll follow it into the future. And let's say that the white people do become the minorities and black and brown people suddenly do become positions of power. What fucking excuse are we going to have then that we're not racist because historically speaking, we didn't? Like, it's just, I, I personally, I, it's not that I, you know, Again, it's not that I necessarily think they're unimportant so much as I just can't seem to unbury myself from beneath the weight of realizing how indifferent the universe is to our struggles, right? And I'm not going to fucking engage in a pattern of behavior, namely overthrowing one hegemonic group to replace it with another for no fucking reason. Like, that's just bullshit. There's only one life to live. And I'm trying to think of ways, I'm trying to imagine ways outside of that that exists within that one dimensional framework. Because at the end of the day, I personally don't want to fucking live a life that's already been fucking lived thousands, billions, hundreds of billions of times already before me. You know what I'm saying? And furthermore, as far as, you know, these people, I'm going to talk about it in more length when it comes time to uh, the master slave dialect in nature. I talked about it briefly, but it's going to be more so. And how I see it right now happening is there's no, there's not even any real change happening in the first place. You're just replacing one master with another. And, you know, me personally, I'm of the opinion that my ancestors didn't survive fucking 500 years of Holocaust in order for us to turn around and do the same fucking shit that me personally, I'm of the opinion that it's because of the 500 years of genocide that we survived through our ancestors fucking spirit of survivance that people like myself and hopefully you as well should be able to fucking be better than the fucking European colonists that, you know, caused so much pain and suffering in this planet in the first place. And I just don't necessarily see that spirit manifesting or unfolding through all this collapse that's currently taking place, right? Now, shifting gears just a little bit, because like I said, I didn't want to fucking spend this entire podcast talking about some bullshit that I'm sure we've already all been inundated with, right? Um, just another quick thought that I've had in this brief time that I've been uh, off from the podcast game, and that is further thoughts into the distinction between a conspiracy or a simulation. 
what I mean by this is I think um, the idea of the simulation theory is starting to gain a lot of traction. And in fact, if I'm not mistaken, the government did release a paper recently basically acknowledging the fact that we do live in a simulation, which I think is fucking great, right? For many reasons, but it's also terrifying for others. But well, the point that I'm trying to make it with for today is simple. When it comes to conspiracy theories, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a conspiracy theorist. I know how I can easily be lumped into the group of conspiracy theorists, right? But I don't necessarily call, consider myself one. If anything, all I'm doing is fucking connecting dots and keeping track, keeping track of past events, keeping track of past behaviors, looking at certain patterns as they unfold and predicting, if you will, how they're going to continue to unfold in the future. Uh, looking back to the past, using those same patterns and trying to read the past through them and realizing, you know, people are, you know, very, we're very ritualistic in nature and we're going to continue to repeat the same patterns as evidenced by the example that I just gave you of the people who are seeking to replace colonialism as we speak, right? Um, and furthermore, more appropriately aligned with the ideas of the uh, simulation is the realization is that, okay, if we're living in a simulation, then that basically means we're living in something akin to a video game. And that if we are living in something akin to a video game, in the truest sense of the matrix, that means that this video game is fucking, it's limited by rules, that there's rules coded into this video game. And further, like the Matrix, is the realization that, like video games, you can learn these rules and learn how to bend these rules and even when to break these rules, if possible, in order to gain your own personal favor. And even further, and completely unlike the Matrix, is the realization that if this is a simulation and it is like a video game, then that means that the story has already been written. The story's already been written, dog, and we're just living through that motherfucker. And that perhaps it's possible in the Westworldian sense now that the characters living inside the fucking simulation can become aware of the fact that they're living in a simulation, can learn the script of the simulation, and can fucking, you know, operate in accordance with it. Like, what the fuck? When it comes to this fucking um, simulation idea, we start to realize, like, yo... This is basically everything that philosophy has ever been telling us. It's everything even that religion has been telling us. Namely, the, the arguments of theology, the argument of a grand architect of the universe, in this case, the, the creator of the, sim, of the simulation, and the idea of free will, namely that which you have none. You don't have free will. You're just a character in a fucking simulation, dog. You're just a character in a movie, and you're living out a pre-established role according to the codes, if you will, uh, within the simulation. And there is, you know... Within that, the illusion of choice and accomplishment and all that shit, but realistically speaking, it's nothing more than just this fucking unfolding of events that you have zero con fucking effort, zero control on. You know what I'm saying? Which further just leads me down this indifferentist rabbit hole. This indifferentism, this indifferentism. It's got an idea. It's rooted a little bit in Catholicism, but I'm, that's not the kind that I'm talking about. I'm speaking of the Lovecraftian indifference of which is basically cosmic dread, right? The realization that not only does the universe indifferent to our suffering, but it doesn't, it doesn't even recognize our suffering. It's completely indifferent to us. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of the attitude that I have towards everything that, that's happening during this collapse. And that's why people are like, oh, it's fucking anti-whatever. Like, no, dog, I just, I don't give a fuck, right? There's one thing that I care about and no matter what I do, I can't change that. Everything else aside from that, it's like, shit, bro, like it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? 
So uh, when it comes to this ideas of cosmic indifferentism and notice in terms of the conspiracy, it's like, dog, how much fucking evidence, how much proof do you need to be like, to fucking connect the dots and realize like, yo, we're living in some wild ass times. It may very well be planned in advance. And it may very well be that they were fucking planned in advance by someone who created a whole fucking simulation just to see how this shit would fucking unfold. You know what I'm saying? The same way that scientists now, a simulation within a simulation, right, can create with our computers and our technology sims, if you will, of how certain pandemics like they did during event, uh, as they did during event 201 will unfold. They're doing the same thing with us and we're just the simulations for them to try to figure out what the fuck they're, what, how, 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 how to best anticipate a situation that would react in their, you know, universe. And, you know, from there, it's just turtles all the way down because who created the architect, right? Who created the architect architect? And then what universe are we in? And then it's just fucking these infinite regresses where you start to realize like, damn, dog, who the fuck honestly knows what's going on? And, the, the, you know, this universe being so fucking vast and full of mystery. And we want to be concerned with worldly affairs. Like, nah, man, I'm just, I'm not with it, bro. Right? Another thing when it comes to conspiracies, I've been thinking about it a lot in terms of philosophy. Uh, namely because obviously as all this shit with uh, Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell continues to unfold, the global pedophile satanic network continues to be exposed, if you will, to use the conspiracy parlance. Um, the more I feel as though, this is my impression of myself as an outsider reading this for people who are following me on the gram and perhaps even through these uh, posts, is the idea of, well, how the fuck does this have anything to do with philosophy? To which it honestly has everything to do with philosophy, bro. Let's take it just from the very basic level, the ideas of justice. What the fuck is justice, dog? If not this belief that it's something that should be extended to all people all around society, irrespective of their rank in society. Because if certain people are above the law just because of how much power and money and influence they have, and they get a certain fucking set of privileges extended to them, while those of us that aren't within that uh, framework don't, well, that's not really justice, dog. And that's not really freedom. And that's not really all the things that were said that we're fucking living under, which, of course, are the fucking this is the foundation of philosophy. This is what we're concerned with ourselves, right? With these virtues that make for a good life. And in this most conspiratorial, uh, this most conspiratorial form, if you will, the black pilled form is that how is it that we're living in a just world when there's rules and laws that don't apply to certain groups of people because of how much power wealth and influence they have like that's just that's not that's not the fucking that's not that's not justice right so when you ask yourself like what the fuck does this have to do with philosophy bro it has everything to do with philosophy these conspiracy theories and to say that it doesn't right that would be to basically in my opinion render philosophy defanged if you will to render it nothing more than the masturbatory elitist exercise that it's been accused of. You know what I'm saying? For so long, for so long, we've had people accuse philosophy of being just, you know, this detached search for meaning. And if we can't fucking apply it into the real practical world as the examples of the Epstein pedophilia ring force us to do by utilizing our critical thinking skills, by reading into the codes, if you will, to use the language of the not only uh, simulation, but of the conspiracy theorists, right to see the occult and right to see the hidden in plain sight if we can't use if we can't use our critical thinking skills to do that then what honestly the fuck is the point of philosophy to make more masturbatory arguments about the existence of god like get the fuck out of here dog again my roots in philosophy are rooted deeply by the critical theoretical method 
prior to the Western conception, but also that which is influenced by the Western conception. And it's simply going to tell us, bro, the point of philosophy is not to fucking change the world. It's to, uh, rather, the point of uh, philosophy is not to explain the world. It's to change the world. You know what I'm saying? And if we can't talk about this real life shit that's happening in our everyday, you know, right here where we're living, what the fuck is the philosophy doing for us? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Um, I know this is something of a short podcast, but like I said before, this is my first time back, dog. And I just, it's going to take me a while to get these fucking podcast muscles going yet again, right? So I'm going to go ahead and cut this bitch off here with this one. And um, yeah, I do truly appreciate you taking the time to fucking listen to it. I look forward to getting back to you with a new podcast episode as quickly as possible. This one will be a philosophy podcast. It will be detailed not only with some thoughts and insights that I personally have had, but also with some fucking actual philosophy, namely that of Air Bear Marcuse. So until that day, once again, if you haven't already, please follow your boy on the gram, OG underscore Ice Nice 13. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Peace.